It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. KD at five, at three, Durant for the lead, ribbed it out, Durant coach up to the end, Durant coach up to the end! Jarebko tipped it in. Jonas Jarebko, the former member of the Utah Jazz, tips in the Durant miss. That's right. Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Another damn good one for you today. Jonas Jarebko with the buzzer beater for the Warriors to get the W against the Utah Jazz. Going to be talking about that and some other things that came out from that game. That's all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Warriors. I am your host. Charles T. Hamilton, another good one for you today, life-changing, as you know. Going to go over last night's game against the Utah Jazz, some of the good things, the bad things, the awesome ending, and what it means for the Warriors moving forward. Uh, What can I say? Great game. Regardless of the outcome, it was a great, entertaining game. Pretty, maybe I'm just, we're all... No, I can't speak for everyone. Maybe I'm just so happy that the NBA's back that I'm overrating how good the games have been the first three days, four days, however long it's been. But it's been a damn good first four days. Like, there have been some exciting games, some fun games to watch. Definitely throw this Warriors one in there. Probably the best game of the uh, short year so far. But it definitely was tops. I think Anthony Slater said it, most exciting Warriors regular season game in Maybe the last 85 regular season games, so all of last year and then the the two this year, 84 games, whatever. But want to go over the game. The It was all pretty even, except for two, two you know, like 10-minute runs. The Jazz and the Warriors with about six minutes left in the first half. The Jazz all of a sudden could not miss a friggin' shot. Couldn't miss a three. It felt like they made eight threes in a row to end the first half. It might have been actually six, to be honest. But, I mean, Joe Ingles went 7 of 11 from three for the night. Ricky Rubio went three for seven, which is crazy because it felt like a lot more. His threes were big. He knocked down some big threes and went uh, three for seven. Donovan Mitchell, four for 12. It's crazy because of that hot run they had. It felt like they knocked down a lot more, but in the third uh, third and fourth quarter, they cooled down a little bit. They were still knocking some down, but it wasn't that crazy, <laughs> crazy shooting that they uh, had in the the uh, first half, especially the end of the second quarter. You know, Jay Crowder, two for six. Georges Niang, two for five. Niang, Niang's solid, man. He's a solid player for sure. I don't know if you guys remember, I think he had some run with the Warriors in a 
training camp a couple years ago, and maybe even down at Santa Cruz, I think. But he looks like a real, uh, real contributor for Utah. And Utah, people have brought up Utah as possibly the second best team in the West, and it's possible. I also think the three-point shooting might be an anomaly. Um, not that they're incapable, but I don't think they're going to be shooting 41% from three for this season like they did last night. I mean, of course, you got Ingles and uh, Donovan Mitchell can shoot. You know, Jay Crowder, two for six. That's about right for Jay Crowder. So I just, uh, I don't know, great game. But as far as like being worried moving forward against them, not really. They are a hell of a team, no question. But I think last night was really their best shot. Really their best shot. And uh, I mean, I wouldn't be too worried moving forward personally against them no disrespect to the jazz i have major respect for him but part of it is i just don't think anyone is really a a real challenger to the warriors uh jazz might be the best challenger but it still doesn't mean that they're in there in contention or anything but they did play well they play a style that the warriors i don't know can kind of bug the Warriors, I guess. They have, as we saw with Houston last year, the Jazz have a bunch of wings, a bunch of big, tall, long wings. And I think that's also part of why Quinn Cook didn't get more than three minutes of playing time this game is because it's a bad matchup for him against, you know, a plethora of, you know, 6'5 to 6'8 guys. But the funny part about the Jazz, and I don't expect this to continue, uh, they've given up 240 points in their first two games, so an average of 120. Weren't they the best defensive team in the league? And like I said, I'm sure it'll correct itself and they'll be fine, but it it uh, hasn't been a stellar two first games defensively. And for a team returning so many players, uh, you know, maybe they're just not locked in on defense, but they've been giving up a lot of points. So anyways, moving on to the game specifically, Clay Thompson, we got to start with Clay because his rough start to the season continued better than the first game for sure. He went four for nine, 0 for two from three, had 12 points, four rebounds, just a... Have just a meh game from him. It's crazy because he went, what, 15 from 29 from three in the preseason, and now he's one of 10 ever since the regular season started. So maybe he just, you know, had a hot streak, and now he's gone cold. Not that it'll last. He'll bust out of it at some point, but it uh, wasn't last night. And it's too bad. I mean, kind of too bad because then you, if if he did show up, and play well, then you would have had Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson all playing, you know, great games. But he didn't, and that left it to Steph and KD, who I'm going to get to in just a second. I want to throw Damian Jones in there. He played 18 minutes, was 2 or 3 from the field, 4 rebounds, 2 blocks, 2 steals, 1 assist. Solid stat line, you know. He he had his problems 
Uh, as we've seen, he's jumpy and pretty aggressive defensively. He did have four personal fouls in 18 minutes. But he also did held his own against Rudy Gobert. And I know Rudy still got his points and his rebounds. Look, he's going to get his. But it wasn't a situation where Rudy dominated him or anything. Damian Jones has been game these first two first two games. Ha! Huh? But he he's been solid. I've been pleased with his play. Two monster dunks, one monster alley oop, a nice fast break dunk. He was plus five in his in his minutes, and he's getting minutes. He was in, I think, for like the. Not the last five minutes, but from like seven minutes left to like two or three minutes left in the fourth. So he's getting minutes. They're going to play him. It's not just JaVale McGee minutes. It's not just six minutes at the start of the game, six minutes to start the second half. They're throwing him to the fire, and he's done fine in my opinion. I'll talk about his matchup with, I was about to do it, but you know what, I'm going to save that. We'll talk about the matchup with Denver a little later, because that's going to be the most interesting one to me. But we'll get to that later. Draymond Green, just a Draymond Green game. It was great to see Draymond be Draymond. I'm going to say, I feel like I've said Draymond too many times. But he scored 14 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. 5 turnovers, which again, he's got to clean that up. He has to. But when you do, when you fill up the stat line like that, you know, I can live with it. A vintage Draymond Green game. He got a T, almost got a second one. Uh, you know, was talking, talking trash, shoved Rudy Gobert. But in that second half, he locked in defensively like you can, like only Draymond Green can do. And he was incredible. He was a beast in that second half. I mentioned it in game one that he was solid in the second half or better in the second half. In this game, he was defensive player of the year type Draymond Green. It was impressive. It's as impressive and as fun to see as when Steph or Clay go into the, one of those, you know, knockdown three-point shooting, unconscious three-point shooting runs. He Draymond is just, it's hard to even explain. He's just one of the, probably... He's up there with LeBron as far as basketball IQ and instincts go, and he showed that last night. On to the the big guys, the the main ones, the main eventers, the headliners, KD and Steph. KD, 38 points on in 40 minutes, 14 to 25. He only shot one three, knocked it down, nine rebounds, seven assists, one steal, one block. <laughs> Come on. And the nice thing about last night, too, was there was a chemistry between KD and Curry that I would say, not that I'd say wasn't there, but I just really noticed it last night. Like, they were playing off each other a lot better than I I personally remember. Because Kevin Durant's game has kind of been an outlier, not an outlier, but just different from the system. You know, ISO post-ups and stuff like that. Which he did last night. His mid-range game is just disgusting. It's unstoppable. And he was knocking him down last night. I mean, he had an incredible game, obviously. But him and Steph were, were working off each other last night in a way that I don't remember them doing. And maybe I just, you know, missed it. But it felt like a, a nice chemistry between the two. Uh, which also led to Steph going 13-24, 5 of 9 from 3, 8 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 steals. 31 points. I mean, 
What 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 else can I say? Steph was hot during the first half uh, from three, and it actually carried over in the second half, which was nice because it did not do that in the second game. He had his big first half or in the first game. He had a big first half in the first game. Didn't have it. Didn't have it from three at least in the uh, second half against the Thunder tonight. All around great game from Steph. He was huge. Knocked down big threes. That's another thing that I forgot to mention. Draymond with about. Two minutes left, I think. The Utah Jazz went up five. You know, they got a, I think, a put back, and then I forget who. I think Ingles knocked down a three to go up five with, like, two minutes left. And you're kind of, I don't know, like, uh uh-oh, that might be it. That might have been the dagger. Draymond comes down, knocks down a three, a pure-looking three as well, uh, to cut it to two, and then we know the rest is history. But it was a huge shot from Draymond that I just wanted to mention, make sure I didn't forget to mention it. Steph also huge shots all night. Uh, one of his biggest threes again came off a, a KD assist, and then KD uh, drops it off to Steph, hits a screen on two players, and, and Steph knocks down the three. Like I said, just it was a great chemistry game between those two, and it showed in the stat sheet and on the court. Going to take a quick break, come back, talk about the real main eventer, the guy who came in with revenge on his mind. Okay, the friggin. Swedish Terminator, the, I don't know, dude, I'm making up terrible nicknames, Jonas Jerebko, we're going to talk about his game, some of the bench, and uh, some of the other things we saw from last night. That's coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm. Here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. Just going over last night's awesome game. And part of why it was so good, I I think, is, you know, that Utah crowd was crazy. They were over the top. And they're known for that. And I think it definitely added to the atmosphere. But I also think, you know, playing against a great team makes you lock in as well. But uh, it was just a great atmosphere. It felt like a playoff atmosphere. It was a great game. I think Draymond even, you know, tweeted something out like it was a playoff atmosphere and that they're, you know, ready for war or some cliche or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Going to go through the bench real quick. Kavon Looney was Kavon again. 19 minutes of just solid play. Two for three from the field. Two rebounds, one assist, one steal. He's just... He's a player. I mean, I understand why Steve Kerr likes him so much. The weird thing, again, is no minutes for Jordan Bell. And 
I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's he's a casualty of this extended audition that Damian Jones is going to get. I don't know if Steve Kerr just doesn't trust him. It's just, uh, it's interesting, but also, look, if you look at how Jordan Bell played in his short stint in the first game and then throughout the preseason, I don't know. He, he didn't look great. They're expecting him to take take a leap, become a better player, but I, I haven't seen much of, you know, from him in preseason or anything. I'm sure he will get his chance, but it just hasn't come yet. And one of the interesting parts is Steve will even put Draymond back in in the second quarter uh, to play the five. Which, you know, you would think, first off, you don't want Draymond doing that too much in the regular season. Second off, that's an easy spot to put Jordan Bell in, and he hasn't. I'm sure that'll change at some point, but for now, not yet. Sean Livingston, just being Sean, good as ever, as good as he can be. Doing what Sean does, man. Guy's Mr. Consistent. He's up there with Kevon Looney. Alfonso McKinney. I got to tell you, I don't want to speak too soon because I'm not sure yet, but every minute he plays, he grows on me. He might stick around, and I think that's part of what they're doing with him is seeing it's similar to the Damian Jones audition that he's getting before October 31st. Alfonso McKinney has a deadline on his contract. It's January 10th before his contract becomes guaranteed. So I think Steve is going to play him to give him an audition, see if they should not only guarantee his contract for this year, but they signed him to a two-year deal and see if he deserves to stick around next year also. And so far, it's been fine. It's not great. It's not stellar. But, you know, he played 12 minutes, knocked down a three. He's active. A couple rebounds, one steal. He plays hard. You know, blew a couple of assignments, but I think... A lot of people did. That was part of it in the first half was there were just a lot of open threes too uh, for Utah. Don't know what the blown assignments were, miscommunications or whatever, uh, but it's something they'll have to work on, obviously. But uh, as far as Alfonso McKinney's concerned, I'm, I don't know. I haven't hated his minutes. He, until Jacob Evans gets a chance and proves me wrong, Alfonso McKinney deserves these minutes before Jacob Evans, which sucks because Jacob Evans was a first-round pick. He can probably get it, get to that point and get those minutes eventually, but right now, Jacob Evans just isn't there. Okay, moving on to the star. I mean, our new star. Do we have a big six now with uh, Draymond, KD, Steph, Clay, Boogie, and Jarebko? I think we do. Jonas Jerebko, 24 minutes, 10.6 rebounds, one assist, one steal. Just another, uh, I mentioned a couple days ago, was it yesterday? I don't even remember. I mentioned about Jonas that maybe playing his old team might spark something, might get him going a little bit, and it did. Again, I don't know, I don't want to give all the credit to the fact that he was playing his own team. Maybe this would have happened regardless of who he played against. But he came in, he was confident, his shot looked good, looked pure. Ten points, six boards. He did what I expect him to do, at least as part of the Warriors. Be a true stretch four. And by that, I mean knock down threes and then also rebound. And I think that's basically going to be his M.O. Try try your hardest defensively because <laughs> he is a little 
slow, lead foot, you know, but he works hard defensively and is passable. He's, you know, it's adequate. But the threes are the biggest part. The rebounds are a nice bonus. Whatever he gives you on defense, you'll take. And it was great to see. His first three was just this slick pass from Steph. He gets double teamed uh, down in the post. And, you know, Steph must have seen him out the corner of his eye and goes about, like, no look behind the head pass. Dime to Jarebko, who just confident shot, knocks it down. Knocks down another three later in the game. Was banging in the post all night. He he wanted this one. I'm sure I'm sure it did feel good for it to happen against the Jazz, obviously. And then, of course, the biggest play of the night. KD at five. At three. Durant for the lead. Ribbed it out. Durant Cole tipped it in. Durant Cole tipped it in. Durant Cole tipped it in. Jonas Durepko, the former member of the Utah Jazz, tips in the Durant miss. An awesome moment, not just to win the game, not just the fact that it was against his old team and he was hyped. He gets mobbed by the teammates. All the young guys are super hyped. I mean, Jordan Bell, Damian Lee, Alfonso McKinney, Quinn Cook. That was a young guy's uh, reaction. You know, Steph and Claire, you know, pushing Jarebko around. All of a sudden, he gets jumped on by all the guys. It was hilarious. It was a lot of fun. It was great to see. Like, it's one of those things that happens in sports that I love kind of regardless of what team it happens for. I mean, unless it happens against my favorite team, you know, obviously. But just the joy of sports, man. It only happens in sports. No one makes a sale and gets mobbed by his other salesmen. You know what I mean? Like, these are things that only happen in sports. It's like a walk-off in baseball. You know, certain plays in football, you get that as well. Just pure joy from these grown men. And uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun. It was great to see. Great moment. Draymond had some thoughts on it as well. His favorite part was uh, a little different than everyone else's. What kind of moment was that for you know, Jonas to get that and then the mob team after? Forget the win. Forget the game. My favorite part was he started yelling in their bench face. That's, uh, that was the best part of it. But it's a great moment. You know, obviously, uh, you know, him spending the year here last year. You know, uh, coming back here a second game of the season and him playing really well and you know, kind of capping it off with that. You know, it was a great moment for sure. Which, of course, that was Draymond's favorite moment. For those of the, uh, you that did not see the play, Jarebko gets the tip in and his momentum takes him over to the Jazz sideline and he lets out a emphatic scream and yell and it was uh, it was right in their face. Intentional or not, who knows, but of course Draymond loved that, and uh, it was a great moment, uh, regardless of who he, whose face he was yelling in. Uh, not only was he mobbed by his teammates, yell at the, the opposing bench, injured Andre Iguodala with heel or calf tightness, excuse me, comes running out of the locker room shirtless uh, to celebrate. It was pretty hilarious because it was quick shots of him. They didn't get like a, a really clean shot of Andre, and so the it flashed real quick. Flashed, haha! It flashed real quick on screen. You're like, dude, did someone did someone take their shirt off? And you watch it back, and it was Andre running out there. Just hilarious. Uh, adding to another great moment. Here's what Steve Kerr had to say about it. Is that for him though on his new team second game? That's the moment where you know he's he's one of us. You know, I mean, it's anytime you're a new guy uh, with a team, you're trying to make your mark. You do it in practice by. Going hard, you do it with your work ethic, but you know, 
as soon as you hit a game winner, that pretty much sol uh, solidifies it. Steve, what do you think of uh, Andre's celebration? Without his shirt? Uh, Andre, Andre could do that. I don't think I could do that. I couldn't pull that off. Steve, always on point. If Steve wants to go shirtless celebration, like whatever, we're fine with it. He can do that also. But, you know, Andre's hilarious. I just love that he did that. It's it's a funny moment, great moment. Something Steve mentioned is kind of that's the moment where he becomes, you know, a warrior, one of us. And that's not overstated. I, I think that's valid. Not that he had been ostracized or anything or, you know, kind of getting side eye in the in the locker room. But when you're a new guy on a new team, making a play like that solidifies your spot. That's something that they're going to remember and kind of unifies the team a little bit. Regardless of who would have made the play, it would have been a big play and they would have been happy. But the fact that it was the new guy going up against his old team and having his best game so far, yes, only two games, but still having his best game, including preseason, that's a huge unifying, just good-feeling team moment. And it, it made Jonas Yurebko, which, by the way, we've been saying it wrong the whole time. You can still call him Jonas. It's fine. I'll probably switch back and forth. It made him a warrior. It made him part of the team, which which matters. I don't want to undersell it. Uh, Julie Fayer, former social media guru for the Warriors, now with the ringer. Uh, she tweeted out, you know, love seeing the guys so ecstatic after a win this early in the season, plus a bonding moment for Jurebko. And she also mentioned after Steve Kerr's thoughts that it was the moment he's one of us, the moment he becomes a warrior. She said these moments are huge for new guys, help sets the tone for the season. She loves seeing it. And I, I couldn't agree more. It, it, is, it matters. It does matter. It probably matters a little more the fact that it's Jurebko. Like I said, regardless who makes that play, they're going to be happy. It's going to be a fun moment. But the fact that it was Jurebko for so many different reasons makes it that much bigger and makes him part of the team, which I know sounds kind of weird because he obviously was part of the team. But it it does matter. Rosgold on Wood, I also had something to say here that, that I thought was pretty profound. She said, I feel like that Jurebko go-ahead bucket is one of those moments he and all his Warriors teammates will hold on to all season. That was a bonding bucket, an initiation moment for him, and team boosting in a tough Utah arena versus a great team in the Jazz. I agree. I mean, I agree. I just wanted to get these thoughts out there because I think it was more than just a bucket. You know, it, it it's definitely a great moment for a guy trying to, you know, blend in with this new team, this championship team. They can be hard to do. So great moment, great game. Here's what Jarebko had to say about his big night. Where's that rank in your career? Pretty high up. Yeah. It felt great. Uh, you know, obviously being back here, I had a great time here. Uh, you know, so come back, said I wanted to win. So uh, it felt great. Take me through that play and what you saw. I know you kind of got inside position. Yeah, I mean, I took the ball out, so I knew I was going to give it to KD. I knew he was going to shoot it, so I just tried to get to the rim, uh, trying to get position to tip it in. And if he missed, then he did. So it was a great miss. What did you think of the mob scene you turned around to? Oh, I, I was just like, I was just spinning around and I seen go in, so I was just like, you know, punching the air, and then I ended up right where I was. So. Uh, but it was fun. I mean, my teammates really uh, helping me out. You know, I'm new here, so 
uh, they've really been been just carrying me, uh, you know, so it, it felt great. Obviously, you're already part of this team, but did you feel like you, you feel like even more part of this team after running Yeah, obviously. I mean, it, it helps, uh, you know. Uh, we're getting to know each other uh, better and better. So a uh, moment like that, it felt great. Besides the, obviously the heroic finish, what did you think of your game up to that point? You, you kind of. Uh, I think I was solid. Uh, body felt good. Uh, you know, a few plays here and there. Maybe I got lost a little bit, but uh, I think I played solid defense. I think uh, you know we played as a team. Uh, really showed our strength coming back from being being down twelve a couple of times coming back. Uh, so uh, obviously felt great to come out here with a win. It's tough. Did I see a little bounce in your step after you hit the first couple of shots? Yeah, the, it's always nice to see the first one go in. Uh, but, uh, no, nah, I feel real comfortable shooting the ball. Uh, you know, I got great players around me, so if I'm open, I'm going to shoot it. Uh, and I'm going to play defense and, and grab rebounds. What do you think of Andre taking the shirt off? Yeah, so I saw he came in from uh, from the locker room or whatever he came from. Uh, nah, we have we got some great guys on this team. And, uh, like I said, they've been supporting me, and uh, you know they they knew that this was a big game for me coming back here. I wanted to I wanted to win. I told them before let's get let's get a win, uh, and to get it that way you know, was special. As you heard, big moment for Jarebko. He's not lost in the moment. Great game, great time, just a ton of fun, and it's game two of an eighty-two game season, man. So we're in for a good year i can already tell this is locked on warriors on the locked on podcast network support for this podcast comes from microsoft surface now more than ever you need a laptop that can be as adaptable as you are introducing microsoft surface laptop go finally a premium laptop at an affordable price starting at just 549 dollars it's light thin design vibrant touchscreen powerful processor and built-in hd camera and mic turns any room in your home into a classroom office or study hall available in three amazing colors the whole family will love visit surface.com laptop go for more details support for this podcast comes from wild turkey kentucky straight bourbon whiskey let's tune in to their one-on-one with jamal a real bartender from old fourth ward in atlanta <laughs> making you old-fashioned today with the Wild Turkey Bourbon 101, it just really stands up very well in a classic cocktail like the Old Fashioned. It has that perfect boldness. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked on Warriors. Going a little longer than usual today. Uh, last night's game, I mean, it was worth it. I wanted to get my thoughts in there. I wanted to... Definitely get the post-game sound in there. Shout out to NBC Bay Area for the sound. Also, Anthony Slater for the post-game sound. I wanted to look ahead to a couple games uh, coming up on the horizon for the Warriors. Tomorrow night, they play against uh, Denver. Who Look, Denver's a good team, you guys. I like what they did this offseason. I like their young pieces. I do think that they are improving. I'm intrigued to see the matchup of Damian Jones and Nikola Jokic. Because going up against Steven Adams and Rudy Gobert, those guys are bangers. They're, you know, tough to play against, obviously. But Jokic is a incredibly skilled player, uh, scoring-wise. And just offensively, where Gobert and Adams are more just rough and tumble. Which they're great at, but this is just a different test for Damian Jones. And one that could uh, expose him. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't question his toughness when it comes to you know, banging around with other rough centers, but 
Now we'll see how, how he goes up against a much more skilled big man. But then on the other side, I could easily see him taking advantage of Nikola Jokic being just slow-footed and a sieve defensively. So that's definitely something to watch for. And then also the normal stuff, uh, you know, rotations, the fringe players, McKinney. You know, does Jacob Evans get a minute? Does Jordan Bell get off the bench? Who knows? But that's stuff to look for as well. Whether Andre Iguodala plays or not is another one. On Monday, so they play Sunday against Denver, come back home, play Phoenix on Monday. That's another one to look out for, man. I'm high on Phoenix, you guys. I've told you this a number of times. I really like what they've done, and they've added about 40 different three-point shooters to this team. And with how poorly the Warriors were able to defend the three-point shot, against Utah, at least in the first half. Something to look out for. Let's see how they do against Phoenix. I, I, you know, wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors did come out and win by 40. But at the same time, Phoenix is an improved team, so I'm intrigued by them. Washington on Wednesday, New York on Friday. We'll talk about those later when we get closer to them. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a safe weekend. I'll probably be back Monday, maybe tomorrow. I might, you know, we'll see what happens tomorrow with the with Denver. We'll we'll see, you guys. We'll we'll talk soon, though. Love you guys. This is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Peace. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowl. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.